0: What's going on, guys? Welcome to the Just The West podcast. I'm your host, Just The West, and I have on the line my co-host, T-Yup. T-Yup, are you there? It's not quite the Yup week. It was more of a
1: oh-no Sunday, but hey, the show must go on.
0: I mean, the NFC West overall is Yup because the NFC West record after two weeks can't believe it! We are week two bound and done, but the NFC West is seven and one. The Cardinals are two and zero. Oh. The Seahawks are two and zero. Oh. The Rams are two and zero. Oh. The Niners are one and one. And so, all in all, I mean, to have the Niners being that one loss, not too bad for the division. But what's the oh no part to you up? There were some injuries <laughs> in week two what for fantasy football and fans alike.
1: Oh yeah, I mean there was injuries nfc west there was an injuries all across the league and i'm sure we're going to dive deeper into it but you know just knowing that you know already week two into the season there was like a ridiculous amount like um i don't know seven acl injuries over the week plus other various injuries you know it, it, the show must go on. Goodell, he wanted he wanted this to happen, and, you know, now the players are suffering from it. But, you know, the mentality of football has always been
0: is next man up, right? Right. I mean, okay, so let's go ahead and be, before we talk about some of the matchups that happened in the NFC West for week two, just all across the league, like you mentioned, shit ton of injuries, like a lot of injuries, a lot of people are in IR. And I don't know, let's take a step back behind that. There were no preseason games. Um, it was kind of a compromised sort of training camp. Half of it was Zoom, and then the other half, they just started to, to get in the mix. Uh, the stadiums, you can say that the stadiums weren't broken into either without a preseason. But at the same time, too, I thought that a lot of people weren't complaining about having no preseason because preseason was not necessarily a, a good thing anyways because people get hurt during preseason. So, I mean what do you make of this all now that you compare what was before to the off season now for 2020?
1: Yeah. for I mean, it obviously shows players, they had to go through a shortened training camp, shortened conditioning session, um, just shorter schedule in general yeah. and players, they didn't have enough time to get ready. Uh, as much as you want to say, you know, a month or two, whatever it is, it's, it's still not enough time. And fortunately showed it sucks. You know, just seeing all these players, they, they, you know, they put their body out there. But, hey, it's, it's football. Um, fantastic games in the NFC West, by the way. Star. All of them were actually, yeah, they were just stellar to watch.
0: So, actually, this is an interesting stat, too, as I look at the scores right now. So, Niners scraped the Jets 31-13. to 13. Rams at Philly scraped them 37-19, to 19, which is very nice. Jared Goff versus Carson Wentz. Uh, Washington football team 15 Cardinals 30 Patriots 30 Russell Wilson five touchdowns for 35 so every NFC West team in week two scored at least 30 points it's crazy right that's Niners, crazy 91 Rams 37 Cardinals 30 and Seahawks 35 they all ran up I won't say they ran up the score but they they fucking put some points on
1: yeah fuck yeah yeah dude I think that's what NFC West, like, are kind of, even from last season, it's just high-powered offenses, right? Seahawks were known for it. Obviously, L.A. was known for it. Uh, Niners last season, they were definitely one of the top teams putting on the, you know, running up the score. And now Cardinals are emerging. Holy fuck, dude. Cardinals are scary. Kyler Murray,
0: DeAndre Hopkins is a scary connection. I didn't think it would happen this fast, by the way, but through two weeks, they seemed just fine. They seem very ugly dory on the connection.
1: Yeah, totally. And that's a. It's actually fun to watch. I don't know. The Cardo's in our division. I just, I enjoy watching. I'm a huge Kyler Murray fan. And yeah. just watching, you know, they finally moved on from, you know, the long plague of David Johnson, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. You know, that did last for a long time and he did have a good run. Um, but, you know, Cliff Kingsbury, I think he, he moved on and... He, his players have bought into his offense, right? And right. Kyler, he has a full grasp of of that offense now, and it's it's shown. And when you add DeAndre Hopkins in that mix, like fuck, dude, what the fuck? It's, it's Why? Really cool.
0: Why? And it's one of those things too, because I mean, I know when the Nats lost to the Cardinals, everyone was like, "God damn it, lost to to those Cardinals." But these Cardinals might be a really good team, and you don't really know who's good or who's bad. It takes about four or five weeks into the season until tell, you know, who's the real players. But the Cardinals have that look. At the very least, they're going to be a very competitive tough out right now. Yeah, for sure. And you also got to consider um,
1: they do have one of the easiest schedules in the NFL. I guess it pays off to be sucky for the past three or four seasons, and then you're rewarded with high draft picks, you know, cap space where you're able to sign – High-profile players, and then you know, someone easier schedule, but in a tough division.
0: I, I mean, you know, you can look at the Browns and some other teams that have had tough picks, but uh, never mind. Yeah, I give credit to the Cardinals. So let's just go ahead and talk about all the NFC West games that happened in Week Two. Give our two cents and uh, be out of this, okay? Ready? Let's do it. Let's do it. All right. So going going back to that point to uh, talk about injuries, you're talk about all the frustrations. Uh, before we start about the NFC West, you know, a quick rest in peace fantasy football owners as you mend with Saquon Barkley, Christian McCaffrey, um, Courtney Sutton, uh, just a lot of tough players that that, that went out. Um, yeah, man. And let's go ahead and that, to really highlight that point. That morning Niners game. So the Niners played at MetLife Stadium in New York. They played the Jets. Very, I won't say it was a must-win game for them, but after... Their offense really just lagged against the Cardinals. Uh, A lot of Niner fans were kind of on edge about that. But lo and behold, first play of the game, it's an 80-yard touchdown run. Just a pretty standard halfback toss. But Raheem Mostert with the blocking, 80-yard touchdown run. And everything looks promising. But then the stadium itself, the field, uh, a little bit of... Just unluckiness shit happens. but uh, that first half was pretty miserable because Nick Bosa <sighs> plants his foot down. He gets tackled. He gets twisted the wrong way. He leaves the field. He gets carted, ACL. Very next play, similar thing. Solomon Thomas is arresting the passer. His foot gets planted. Lands kind of awkwardly with another. Defender, teammate, whatever. And he turns his ACL. Fast forward, Raheem Mostert leaves the game, sprained MCL. Tevin Coleman leaves the game, sprain MCL, I believe. Might, might be a PCL. And as we go into halftime, Jimmy Garoppolo as well takes a hard, low hit to a Jets defender, Quentin Williams. And uh, he finishes the game, don't get me wrong, but he gets a high ankle sprain. Um, So, yeah, I don't know. All in all, the Niners played very well, putting up 31 points, but they won the battle. I don't know if they won the war down the road because that's a lot of players to get hurt. Well, I mean, shit, man. Like, where do you want me to fucking start with
1: this? Like, it was just unfortunate. You know, we knew injuries were going to happen, but just the, the landslide of injuries that happened in the same day in the same fucking half was just obviously as a Niner fan, all you listeners know I am, but also as a sports fan, it's just like, this is not the way that you want to see, you know, football teams go out like this, especially in the short season, you know, it is what it is, but you know, yeah, we could point fingers. We could blame the turf, which I do think the turf played a role in it too. I guess it was noted, it was, I don't know, some crazy, they replaced the field and it was too sticky, quote unquote, um, for the players. I guess I, NFL looked into it, they had independent inv- investigation, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, the week before, Giants and Steelers didn't have a problem. But just, it, it was just tough to watch. Just one, like play after play, just the cart, trainers had to come out. Um. Yeah, that one play with Jimmy. Didn't you see where he was already down? And then that one player he came in with that late hit. Right. You saw that, right? It's like, come on, that's like a blatant late hit. It should have been a personal foul, but refs didn't call anything. And I think the the head ref later said after the game that he had his face mask on, so he couldn't he couldn't blow the whistle or something.
0: Yeah, that's bullshit. God damn it, you know. <laughs>
1: right? Yeah. Uh, but. I mean, I don't know what the Niners... I mean, obviously, it's next man up mentality. They did sign Ziggy Anso, which I think will be a good addition. And by reports, it sounds like he's healthier this year than he was with Seattle, which is a little bright side. Um, but to your point, I mean, we won the battle, but I think we lost a step in the war, that's for sure. And with the showing of the NFC West this, this week, it's 2-0 and oh all around they have a bigger hill to climb than all the rest of the teams.
0: That's right. That's right. So Giants Nets, which is a big fa- fuck you as well, because it's the same fucking stadium. <laughs> it's at midlife, by the Dude. way. Dude. Okay. There's no way that Jimmy plays, right? So from, from the reports, at least they said that he does a bullet. It's a high ankle sprain, but it's not like the Christian McCaffrey variety where he's going to miss four to six weeks. He could play next week or they could string it along. He could be out like a couple weeks, but yeah, man, I, if I'm Kyle Shanahan, just knowing how you feel about the field and seeing all your players hurt. I mean, do you want to put Jimmy out there? Do you want to put George Kittle out there? I mean, hell, I mean, do you even want to put Raheem Mostert who I, from out of here, you know, sprain sprained his knee, but he could play next week. Uh, I, I probably wouldn't. Right. No, there's absolutely no way to be rational about it. No,
1: I don't see a situation. If they do, no, it's not going to happen. <laughs> yeah. I was just trying to think of a situation that it'll happen, but no, I, I don't think it's going to happen. To your point, though, you know, we talked earlier this afternoon, Niners do have somewhat of a chance against uh, the Giants. The loss of Saquon Barkley, their all pro starting wide receiving core. Yeah, I wouldn't say it's like fucking top-notch. Um and then you got uh what's his what's his face? Daniel, Daniel Joan. Danny yeah, Dimes. Danny Dimes. Yep. So hey, and then Sunday night, Niners do get back a few players, right? I would expect George Kittle to return and then also Sherman is gonna return too. So Okay. Well, but- think there's more more to look forward to I know the injuries fucking suck and I was bitching and whining about it all week but I guess you know I came to the acceptance stage
0: and you have to just move forward that's bottom line that's right and uh I won't say this is why we pay you the big bucks Kyle Shanahan but I think the last couple of years uh they've really been one of the deeper teams in the NFL you know it's a blessing to have Jerk McKinnon, who they held on for all these years as your third string running back, and he had like a couple carries for like seventy yards. He had one play where it was third and thirty-five or something like that, and he ran fifty yards, which was ridiculous. Um, it's a blessing to have you know just people step up. Jordan Reed with no Kittle had two touchdowns. Uh, he he came alive. Nick Mullins one of the better backup quarterbacks in the league. So, I mean, it's not going to be perfect. It's not going to be apples to apples to what the playbook was intended to going into 2020. But the Jets, the Dolphins, the Eagles, uh, this is going to be something where Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch are going to have to get a little bit more creative in terms of managing the roster, the practice squad, and just scheming it up accordingly. Because I think they can do it, but it's going to be its going to be a challenge. Any other final thoughts? The back core right now is... Is set is their
1: final answer, or are they going to look into the free agency, such as Devontae Freeman or um, some other free agents out there?
0: You know, I actually am pretty optimistic about this Niners running back core, um, just because you know you've seen some of these other running backs that have been on the bottom of the depth chart step up even last year. So you'll have Jerry Ginnan, who we've seen. Uh, some really good surprise out of, uh, which has been awesome. So he's probably going to be in a committee. Then they're going to bring up Jeff Wilson, who, as you know, you know had his moments against the Cardinals and a couple other games last year. And so he's going to have that Tevin Coleman sort of role, a north-south runner. And I think what's going to be really interesting as well is, you know, for that third running back, since you have Coleman and most out, uh, they're probably going to bring up, uh, he, he's from Baylor, kind of a shifty back as well. Salvin Ahmed, really interesting back that's undrafted. I won't say he's like a mad burrito, but you get what I'm saying. He's a very shifty, speedy type of runner. It's a Shanahan type of guy. Exactly. So uh, I am optimistic. I don't think that they're actually going to look to sign anyone as well. Because, like I said, I think uh, Mostert could play in a couple weeks, so it's not too bare. Uh, but I, I think the system with the run game – that's a Kyle Shanahan X's and O's ordeal where he's going to have to scheme it up. Mm-hmm. You know, one thing I did notice, you tell me if you notice this too, our
1: online being as highly profiled as it is, they fucking suck. The they, they, they they aren't. I know they got Garland back last week, but it just seems that Jimmy and also Nick Mullins, they were just pressured and they didn't have time to get passes off and they were all scrambling outside the pocket. What's your what's your take on that?
0: You know, it's really weird. Okay, so Trent Williams, he's been a baller. And then even Ben Garland, they only allowed – those two, they only allowed three pressures. And that was kind of on Garland. But uh, the rest of the offensive line has been trash. So Mike McGlinchey, I know you're good, you know, in run blocking. But uh, pass blocking, you're fucking horrible. He's been horrible the, like, actually the last two weeks, honestly. Mm-hmm. He, hasn't, he hasn't been playing well. And – I don't know. You can make a case for Lakin Thomas and whatnot, Daniel Brunskill, but yeah, uh, they haven't been playing well, man. Uh, Jimmy G, like before he came out after halftime, but he was getting hits. He was getting hurt, He played very well, but yeah, the offensive line was not helping him. They're going to have to step it up. I
1: mean, now that you got a backup QB in there, I guess protecting him is even more valuable now because then you're going to be going to the third string and God forbid, you know,
0: CJ Beathard gets hurt, so they they have to play the cards right on this one. I will say this: though, going back to the whole depth of the Niners, you know, a lot of people were saying, "Why, why keep three quarterbacks? Why keep Beathard? Uh, why keep Jet McKinnon?" After all this, I won't say that they're right, but yeah, you're you're seeing why they, they kept him. Now they have a role, so
1: mm-hmm.
0: exactly, all right. yeah. All right, I have nothing good or bad to say about the jets they, they suck i think they were the worst team in the league so then yeah they fucking suck
1: but yeah i mean there's no more to talk about the niners this is just beating a dead horse already yeah the horse is just mutilated at this point and you already know we so if you don't know we have our chat room us and then two of our other boys and it's just just constant just sadness every single day so we've all moved on though we're doing better right justin Right,
0: yeah, let's move forward. <laughs> <laughs> let's,
1: let's move forward. Yeah, anyways. <laughs>
0: right. Fucking shit. So, our friends are all in LA. T-up is in LA as well. So, let's talk about the Rams, okay? So, the Rams went to East Coast as well. They went to Philly, and I thought this was a really interesting game because honestly, the Rams and the Eagles were always going to be tied at the hip because the number 1 and the number 2 pick was Jared Goff and Carson Wentz. And so both quarterbacks have been paid, and both franchises have gone to the Super Bowl. Given Carson Wentz technically didn't win a Super Bowl, but whatever. Um, Rams rolled on the, on the Eagles, thirty-seven to nineteen. It was a close game up until the fourth quarter. I think it was like uh, I I don't know, like twenty-six to nineteen. It was a very close game. Um, but Carson Wentz some really shitty turnovers. Jared Goff was muddy in the red zone. He actually found Tyler Higby three times in the red zone. And they had some injuries too. Cam Akers uh, left the game, rib, rib injury. Malcolm Brown left the game. Uh, I think it's I think it's a hemmy Don't call me on that. Uh, but yeah, I mean, players get, get hurt. But the Rams kind of similar to the Niners. They had a lot of guys step up. You finally saw Daryl or yeah, Darryl Henderson finally stepped up. Was great out of the backfield. He actually should have had a touchdown where Jared Goff overthrew him in, in the end zone. Uh, but all in all, uh, he had a, one hell of a day. And it was really good to see, um, you know, just the receivers do their thing. I mean, I know they're not too spectacular on paper in comparison to a couple of other wide receivers in the league, but motherfucking Robert Woods, Cooper Cup moved the chains. The run game worked. And they came away with 37 points. At Philly, um, you know, no crowd in Philly, but still a tough environment.
1: Yeah, I, you know, L.A., did, they did have a lot of hype going into the season that they improved. I know there was also some criticism that they didn't do anything to improve the roster. But I guess last season, we could say, is kind of a cross-off. And this year, they're actually back to full health. And Jared Goff is, you know, another year under Sean McVeigh. You know, Tyler Higby, like, holy shit, he just, he emerged as maybe their top option right now. Um, But are they better without Todd Gurley? Can we come to that conclusion?
0: You know, as of right now, I'd like to say so, just because, I mean, it hasn't been, like, one particular back. But so far, the sum of its points, which is Malcolm Brown, Cam Akers... Debra Henderson, it's been working, man. They've been running the ball a lot more. They've been getting their tight ends a lot more involved. We saw that late last year, and it's working. They don't have any speedy guys like Brandon Cooks anymore, but you have a lot more, per, uh, you know, possession receivers. Cooper Cobb, Robert Woods, Joshua Reynolds. I mean, uh, even Ben Jefferson, the rookie, had a really nice catch this game. Uh, not necessarily burning cornerbacks, but they're just being a lot more precise for their routes. And they're, they're getting separation, which I can appreciate. But
1: it just seems like they're, they're kind of running some of the same stuff. It's just now that they're without – it's just ironic. Now that they're out, no Todd Gurley, no Brandon Cooks, the offense seems to be running smoother. I guess there's just less pressure from their star receiver and their star running back to be featured on that offense. And now that the offense is kind of level playing field – it's just easier for Jared Goff to make the best read rather than feel. I don't know. Maybe I'm looking too hard into this, but it, I mean, it looks great right now. So far, um, so far. I know it's still early in the season.
0: Yeah, yeah. Mind you, I mean, hey, the Cowboys and the Eagles—they're—they're they're not the fucking Redskins, or I'm sorry, they're not the football team, nor are they the Jets. So no, give, give the Rams some credit. They are two and zero as well in their own right. And it's encouraging to see Mm -hmm, for sure. Yeah. Speaking of who who is the bigger threat Hmm.
1: to the NFC West to, okay. I would clearly say right now, Seahawks is on top after talking about the Rams, who's the bigger threat to the Seahawks, the Cardinals or the Rams?
0: You know, it should be the Rams by theory because they have, superstars and Aaron Donald and, and Jalen Ramsey, like they, they're star-studded in that regards. But, you know, the Cardinals, they're, um, they beat the Seahawks, by the way, last year, late last year. They're, they're a tough out. Uh, they're a tough out. And I know the Seahawks aren't particularly great in their pass rush. Uh, their their secondary is really good. But if you have a quarterback like Kyle, Kyler Murray, the makes really interesting. That, that's why I say they're going to be a tough out. Versus like mm-hmm. a so quarterback like Jerry Goff. No no knock on golf, but those sort of quarterbacks in in Murray make it really tough to defend.
1: Yeah, I think the history shows itself. The Cardinals, even though they sucked and they didn't play well against the division, they always squeeze... You know, they they always tend to... I guess there's a trend that they split the
0: series with division opponents. Yeah. I mean, that's... I think that could go for all divisions. Yeah, divisional games, I mean... Vikings lines like they always play each other tough. Bears, right? They're always mm-hmm. so. Let's go ahead and talk about those uh, Washington football teamers and the Cardinals. Then, okay, so the Cardinals they get their home game season opener at home. Actually, not season opener, home opener, and so yeah, they pretty much took care of business. It was trounced them. Football team fifteen. Football team fifteen. Is that the? Is that how we call them. Yeah, a, or the Washington team? Yeah, fifteen. <laughs> is this is fucking weird. Yeah, what do you? What's the
1: proper the, the football team?
0: The Washington, the Wash, was- just Washington, Washington team. Yeah, just call them the Washington team. I don't know. Anyways, Cardinals thirty points. Kyler Murray looked amazing again, and this was something where I thought, you know, against the spread, I think the Cardinals were favored by seven. You could make a case to say maybe that the, oh God, maybe the football team might cover because they have a really good defensive line but so do the Niners they have a really good defensive line as well and against Kyler Murray it's just really tough to defend this sort of quarterback and so they were able to hang 30 points at home DeAndre Hopkins was good amazing what, what have you and they they pretty much rolled uh, I can look at, at the stats really quick but you know, all in all, I don't really have so much to say about this. Let me let me just go ahead and look real quick. Do you, do
1: you see the trend of the NFL, though, mm-hmm. is the trend is going to mobile quarterback, evade defenders, strong arm, different throwing motions. It's not the same cookie cutter, you know type of throwing motion you have to be able to throw on the fly make sidearm throws back arm throws between the legs whatever it is mm-hmm. but also be able to um, what is it scatter outside the pocket and make a play even if it if it's finding an open receiver or by your legs
0: I mean the mobile quarterback even from the 90s like yeah but they, they've Michael Randall Cunningham. like it's always been in conversation but the thing that's always been the biggest knock on mobile quarterbacks is, you know, can they move away from their tendencies of running the ball and stepping up and being a pocket passer? And the second thing is staying healthy, right? Mm-hmm. So far, so good for these quarterbacks. Patrick Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, Russell Wilson, and now Kyler Murray. Cam Noon, you can make a case too.
1: Yeah. Cam Noon, yes, you can. Yeah. Um, why don't more NFL teams
0: go that way? I don't know. Well, you're starting to see it now more than anything, but you know, traditionally you want a pocket passer. Year over year, they stay healthy. Offense is in, in the traditional mindset from my understanding and whatnot, that's the way to go. But, you know, shout out to Drew Brees, shout out to, to Russell Wilson, but they really set precedent for your Baker Mayfields, your Kyler Murray's of the world. That you don't necessarily have to be like a six foot four Brock Eisweiler. Mold of a quarterback. There's other ways to win football games. Mm-hmm. Right, Drew Brees though, man, he freaking stunk it up on Monday night against the Raiders. He started to look his started look his age right now. I'll tell you that. Yeah, I mean that was and yeah, you would no, think. No, Michael Thomas, but still, right?
1: Yeah, but I mean, you got you still got Emmanuel Sanders, Alvin Kamara, yeah. Jared Cook. I mean, you still have offensive weapons, but. You know, I, I, if you can't evade the defenders and they're going to disrupt you, you have to make a play. And I don't know. I know. Well, that just goes back. Do you think Tom Brady and the Bucks will succeed with a four, you know 40-year-old in the backfield? I don't know. I'm just kind of skeptical of that.
0: Well, it hasn't been done before. What Tom Brady's doing at this age has never been done in NFL history. So, I don't know. History says otherwise, but it's Tom freaking Brady, right? Mm-hmm. It's... Can never rule them out until the fat lady sings. Exactly, exactly. So let's go ahead and circle back about this Cardinals game. I mean, 30 to 15. No, Kyler Murray didn't have. I mean, he had a great game. Don't get me wrong. Uh But yeah, man, they just moved the chains. Honestly, DeAndre Hopkins eight catches. Larry Fitzgerald seven catches. They ran the ball well. They they milked the clock to get get the hell out the game. Kendrick uh, Kendrick Drake had 20 carries. Kyler Murray had. He ran eight times for 67 yards and two touchdowns. I mean, that's pretty much the game right there. Yeah. Oh, and I have him from my fantasy football team, so shout out to Kyler. He bowled out three total touchdowns, oh. one passing, two rushing, 267 passing. Yeah, that's that's the Help. Kyler for the game. Yep. Help
1: your boy out.
0: Exactly. Hey, by
1: the way, I went 3-0 and in fantasy this week.
0: Just, just, ah. You're in three leagues? three leagues how'd you do i'm in 10 so (laughs) it's a little bit different (laughs) fucking ridiculous okay so i'm in 10 i went seven actually pretty good seven wins three losses so seven and three out of ten i'm pretty happy out of those 10 i expect you to win like three i think that's like your percentage right now you know if i can out of those 10, if I can make playoffs in five or six of them and then place in three, four, I'd be pretty happy. Just simply a numbers game. I would be happy. Hopefully that'll pay for, like, my playing, like, for the entry fees and whatnot. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Crazy, dude. Any any other thoughts about this Cardinals game? Um, No, not really.
1: I guess uh, we'll talk about their opponents some other t- – their next opponent some other time, but – damn Cardinals just just wow they're just on the come up you know when you see a team and you know they have that they they have that extra gear now Mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying right I have a feeling that Cardinals could be that there's one team per per conference every year where they're kind of like the Cinderella team you know they came from from the shadows and all of a sudden they just show their their cape and their their wings I feel like Cardinals have the potential to beat that this year.
0: Cardinals could go three 0 too. two. They're playing the Lions who are 0-2 and they've been fucking up. They're they had I kid you not. Their last two losses, they've been up by double digits and they've lost both those games. So mm-hmm. it it's legit. It's the Patricia effect. Yeah. Yeah, man. Okay, let's go ahead and transition. Okay, so the last game of week two in the NFC West was A really exciting game guys it was really fun it was Cam Newton and the New England Patriots versus Russell Wilson and the Seattle Seahawks at Seattle for their home opener and yeah man this was if you want to make a case to let Russ cook and take that MVP candidacy to another level after two weeks I mean this was the game five passing touchdowns I think two to Metcalf one to one to um, David Moore, uh, it was just – it was an insane clinic by Wilson because, I mean, these these touchdown throws, I mean, they were perfect bread in the basket over-the-shoulder throws. Uh, oh, he also had a touchdown to Tyler Lockett in which, he, Tommy, he texted me, but he just weaved through the pass rush and found Lockett right in between coverage at the back of the end zone. Um,
1: He had the itty-bitty amount of space to get it to him. And you know what? He found that window. I think something that baffled me that I learned was, did you know Russell Wilson never had an MVP vote vote throughout his whole career?
0: No. Not not one. Not one. It was always the Legion of Boom. It was always running the football. But it's just a weird year. They're finally letting Russell Wilson do Russell Wilson things, whereas Twitter says they're letting Russ cook. But, you know, granted to that MVP – argument, you know,
1: it was overshadowed by, you know, people like uh Tom Brady, mm. just some guy named Tom Brady, right? Mm. Um and then some other players, other quarterbacks who 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 just had great seasons. So it's it's kinda hard to argue, but I mean Russell Wilson, holy fuck dude. It's like it's kinda like he's as he's aging he's actually getting better.
0: Right. And you know, this was a very tough Patriots team as well. Kevin Newton in his own right, had a very – I mean, he had a a turnover. Uh, He had some mishaps as well. But all in all, he had the chance. Uh, They they were driving down the field. Literally, you know, the final seconds of this game, it was goal in which uh, Camden tried to do a quarterback run, quarterback draw, whatever. And the defense stopped him. So very, very good game. Very good game. I was really satisfied for Sunday night football. Uh the only caveat to that is injuries because injuries happen all the fucking time. Uh it was kind of weird. So Quandry Diggs has this gnarly hit, this really, really gnarly hit. Oh um, helmet to helmet on the Kill Harry. So he gets kicked out the game, and then they put in their um their second year player, Marquise Blair, he's a second round pick. Dude, that was nasty. Oh, you talking about the hit?
1: Yeah, or on his knee. Mm. No,
0: the second one, the backup. Oh Blair, yeah, Blair, man. dude, his knee like buckled. It was just nasty, man. So Marquise Blair, no surprise, he tore his ACL for, off. That he's he's out for the year. Yeah, so that was that was. <sighs> that was I don't great. get it. Why does
1: NFL still authorize turf fields? Is it is it aesthetics because it looks it looks nice, is it maintenance? Because I don't know, I would put safety above aesthetics and maintenance and
0: whatever it is. I mean, to your point, AstroTurf, you just put it on. You don't really have to do much versus the full-on maintenance for uh, a true grass field. Mm -hmm. But, you know. I mean, you know, AstroTurf has always been around. You can even make a case. Like the Raiders, before they moved to Vegas, they were the only team that had a freaking, like, baseball field. Baseball diamond, yeah. In
1: the middle of their field.
0: So it's not like it's been, any, anywho, yeah, no, there's it's been weird. It's been weird. Uh, yeah, that's happened. And then Bruce Irvin, uh, linebacker, Ooh, yeah, he tore his ACL. So you're probably going to see a bit of Cody Barton from Utah. He's a third year player now, second second third year player. Or you might see uh, this this year's first round pick, Jordan Brooks from Texas A and M. Probably step up. These injuries suck. I'm not going to lie, but. You know, Quandry Diggs is the starter anyway, so he'll he'll be fine without Marquise Blair. And I think you'll see either Cody Barton or Jordan Brooks replace Bruce Urban. I think things should be okay for the Seahawks, but, you know, you just don't want to see it.
1: I mean, at this point, are we going to have more guys go down because of injury or because of COVID positives? I feel like it's going to be injuries this year.
0: Who would have thought? Because everyone was so worried about COVID-19, but... Yeah, so far it's been all injuries. I think that after this first quarter of the season, after four or five games, I think things will get better. Mm-hmm. I things. agree but too, yeah. Just because, you know, four or five games, that's typically... Preseason. Four weeks of preseason, right? So your body should be adjusted. And hopefully the turf should be adjusted as well. Uh, from what I understand, MetLife, that was the first time they really broke in the stadium uh, for that new turf. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I'm just really speculating. Uh, this is not my expertise at all when it comes to like grass and um, just the stadium period. But yeah, man, I think you're seeing a, a real significant difference without a preseason at, mm-hmm. at the very least. That's, that's the one thing I'm getting out of this. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I think like two preseason, I like, I I'm not a big fan of four preseason games, but two,
1: I think like, two, I think two is perfect. Right. One, one to get your starters fresh, and then the second one would be roster cuts, right? Guys on the bubble. Right. And I think, boom. After that, cut it down to 53, and let's play.
0: I think there's something to it as well. I think I read somewhere, whether it's on Twitter or whatever, but there's something to be said about just the mental headspace, your nerves, um, just mentally – Getting your body right too, because mm-hmm. you go from zero to a hundred, from no preseason to full on game, and then all this shit happens. I mean, I, I think at the very least for a preseason, you don't have to play. You know, if you're the starting quarterback, you don't have to play the whole preseason game, but a series or two to mentally get yourself right and knowing what to expect for the speed of the game, uh, even for defenders as well for tackling and whatnot. I think it does help. Uh, but like imagine, like the Niners for example for week one. You go from like no off season to like trying to fucking scramble and get Kyler Murray. The defense was on the field for like seventy plays. Yeah, it's it's really tough to go from zero to one hundred. Yeah, exactly.
1: Yeah. I'm sure there's like an analogy that I could tie to that, but for the sake of t- for the sake of our listeners, I'm not gonna create that uh, analogy. You know, I'm pretty good at those.
0: Yeah, no, I know you are. <laughs> so, yeah. hey
1: Seahawks, I think. In my opinion, okay. Who are the top three? So we already watched Monday Night Football, obviously. Saints lost. Who is the top three in the NFC?
0: Go. Top three NFC right now, okay. I think. Seahawks no part- are- No particular order. No particular order. I was go- I was going to say the Saints before, but they just got their asses handed by the Raiders. Um, I'll I'll go. Seahawks. Seahawks, Packers look pretty good. Um, I was going to say the Saints before, but not so much. Should, I can't say the third I team.
1: think you, you can't say the Rams? Mm. You, you, you're not sold on it yet? I'm just not ready for them. I just can't commit right right yet. That's why it's so hard to name a third team. Go. Smoking gun to your head. You have to pick one.
0: Uh. Uh, I guess the Rams I guess for now at least, at least for now as a placeholder you know what about UTF? What we'll go uh, for it.
1: Rams house um, yeah I mean Seahawks for sure I would say they're number one but no particular order I was gonna say the Saints but they fucking pissed the bed. so Packers definitely Aaron Jones I mean dude that guy is fucking ridiculous and, and then they got Aaron Rodgers he, he's having a great year. Um, and I guess I have to go with the Rams, too.
0: It's just a weird year. The Saints look okay. The Vikings just got their asses handed by the Colts. Uh, Niners, obviously, you know what they're going through right now. Uh, I'm not too convinced about the Cardinals quite yet. And then even though the Cowboys beat the Falcons 40-39, I mean, I'm not all convinced with them either. So, Like, I
1: have a feeling in the AFC and even the
0: NFC and AFC – I think there's going to be
1: wild card teams that are going to be eight and eight or maybe seven and nine. I wouldn't be surprised.
0: It's it's a funky season this year. I think that uh, we're seeing that just through two games that it's going to be kind of weird. And to make things even more interesting, too, there's a third wildcard team this season, right? So like last year, not that
1: they 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 changed that, huh?
0: Yeah. So like last year, for example, like the Steelers and the Rams would have made. The playoffs they would have made the, th- the you know that third wild card in each conference so right so how does it work the third wild card they
1: play sudden death or obviously sudden death but winner plays
0: it's it, yeah just in that's it's two rounds of or yeah it's two two wild card games that that week two wild card games i see yeah yeah from what i understand
1: what I guess. I mean, was that like kind of the consolation prize of starting the season earliest? So you get a, get an extra two extra wild card teams.
0: I guess. Was that, that like was NFL's compromise? Something like that. To be honest, they just wanted more money. But yeah, it's kind of like what the MLB did. They added a whole bunch of shit too, right? Yeah, that's true. Like literally, the MLB added another wild card team this year as well. Hmm. Maybe the Giants yeah. might make the playoffs. Having said that. <laughs> yeah. No, no. Yes, S of Giants. So, yeah, man. I don't, I don't know. It's obviously I'm happy for the NFC West. Fucking seven one through two weeks, a really strong showing by the NFC West. But these injuries and everything else that happened this past week is kind of, kind of making it gloomy right now too. Just the uncertainty of certain
1: teams and their their future, and especially they had lofty expectations. And then just hit with injuries, it's just, it, it fucking sucks. But, I mean, it's part of the game, right? Like, it's, as fans and as analysts and writers and even as players, coaches, like, it's just, we have to just accept it and move forward. That's, there's no other way. But it just, it just sucks for the time being.
0: That's right. That's right. Do so you have any other final thoughts to conclude week two?
1: Not really. I hope week three is better less injuries I think all around it just sucks seeing all these big especially I think where it hurts is when you're seeing the injuries and they're like significant players they're not like you know um just some random random guys it's you know Christian McCaffrey Nick Bosa um you know just to name a few like these are high profile players and they're getting hurt Jimmy Garofalo
0: I just named two Niners (laughs) I have. <laughs> but you yeah. get what I'm saying. It's okay. If you want to go high profile, look at the Niners. Richard Sherman, George Kittle. Yeah, man. There's a, there's a lot of guys on the shelf right now. Mm-hmm. What about you? What are you looking forward to week three? You know, for week three, I think it's just... Mm, I'm necessarily trying to say a healthy week three, but I think by three, four weeks, we'll know... Who is truly going to be a contender and who's not so much? Like I said, the Vikings—they look like shit. They got their asses handed by the Colts. Saints—they got their asses handed by the Raiders. So after three, four weeks, we're really going to know where the, the divisions stand. So that's kind mm-hmm. of what I'm intrigued to see. Um, you know, T- Tom Brady with the Bucks—they're one and one. He had one shit ordeal the first week, and then now they beat the Panthers. So we'll see come week three and four. You got know what I'm saying? It's it kind of round itself out.
1: Yeah. And I think, I mean, as we've seen in the past, I seeing, like, who who's going to be ready for the playoffs and not Still yeah. too, still still too early in the season, but, you know, no more injuries. That's what I'm hoping for.
0: Yeah. Damn it. Yeah. I hope week four on, that's the preseason point. That's the breaking in period. And you just move forward from there, right?
1: Mm-hmm. Yep.
0: All right, guys. Well, hey, I appreciate your, your guys' time, whether you're listening to this pod on iTunes or Spotify. Check us out on Twitter, at Just the West. Instagram, at Just West. And, of course, the blog, www.justthewest.com. Tee up. I always appreciate your time. We out here. Be safe. And peace. Peace.